Hi there, this is Bob Joyce. Go to our website, bobjoyce.org, and listen to our music and hear the good news of Jesus preached. God bless you and keep you safe in His arms. In my living shall not be in There you are, and see y'all walk in. Ed and Joy there. I got a key for you. Don't let me forget that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, this morning for your people. Thank you for this family, this church. Thank you for the love of God. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together in that love. Keep us, keep us safe. Let us feel the warmth and the joy and the satisfaction and the comfort and all that is within your Holy Spirit who abides with us. Amen. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you for the, for the Word of God, for the bread from heaven. Feed us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Reach over and give somebody a hug. Would you do it before you sit down? And say, I just love you. <laughs> I just love you. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated if you want to. You, you can stand the whole time I'm preaching if you want. That's okay. <laughs> All right. I just love you. I love you too. All right. All right. Glory to God. We've had a wonderful week. Amen. Yes. Yeah, that's right. The Lord delivered us from the tornado. That's pretty wonderful. <laughs> and we, you know, lift up in prayer those that were damaged and hurt and lives were lost. We pray for the families of those that uh, lost a loved one. But, uh, God is so good. And those things happen. They're going to happen. They have happened. They will happen until the end of time. It's going to happen. So, you know, it's just like uh, Brother Carlos was telling me yesterday on the phone. He said, if I die of something, say, God, just give me a shortcut to glory. I said, okay. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> a shortcut to glory. Amen. So whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. That's right. So don't be afraid of death. Don't be afraid of dying. None of us want to die. We all want to go to heaven, but we don't want to die. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we want to be raptured. That'd be wonderful if that happened. Amen. Uh, maybe we'll be alive when the Lord comes in the rapture. Amen. We know the times that we're living in are are uh, many signs out there of, of the Lord's coming. 
Exactly when he's going to come, we don't know. But we see things happening all around. And so we wonder. But he's coming. He's coming. Sooner or later, he's coming. I think sooner than later, but he's coming. Amen. Now, this is the second time that he's coming. I mean, really think about that for a moment. It'd be the second time that he's coming. That's not, I mean, the, the other day I was praying, talking to the Lord, and, and it just, it just the, that, that wonderful spirit of God just overwhelmed me, and I felt the presence of the Lord, and, and, and I was thinking about going, going to be with him. And it was an overwhelming feeling I had. Uh, that means that that means that everything in this life, in this world, will be over. It'll all be over. Whatever it is you, whatever it is that you desire to do and want to do, whatever you're busy doing in this, in this life, whatever it is you aspire to, whatever it is you have worked so hard for, whatever it is that you've gone through, whatever, uh, whatever has been against you, whatever you've suffered, whatever has happened to you, good or bad, it will be all over. It'll all be over. Because you will have entered into that eternal realm with Him. And all, all the things of this life and all the things of this world, all that, we've, all that we are and what's happened and everything will have passed away be gone you will step into a new world a new realm a new place that's what the coming of Jesus will be and he came the first time to make sure that that would happen that old things would pass away and new things would come. Behold, he says, I make all things new. In John, St. John, the 12th chapter, then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had, been, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. You know, you, everywhere you read in Scripture, throughout the Gospels, we find 
Jesus always going somewhere to eat supper. Somebody. He liked to eat, didn't he? So he went to the home of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, and, and uh, they prepared a good meal for him. And verse 12. The Lord is always prepared for what he's going to do. He's always prepared. The Lord never comes and goes anywhere without being, you know, being unprepared. He comes prepared. Unlike us so, so much of the time. And nothing ever takes Him by surprise. Like it does us. So much of the time. You know, we get knocked sideways and backwards and thrown down or sometimes it comes from all directions at one time. But with Jesus it's no surprise. He's ready. He's always ready. He's always on top of it. He's always on his guard. He's always he always knows. We don't know, but he knows. Amen. Lord knows everything. So that's something to get comfort in. That's something for you to be encouraged about. The Lord knows everything about everything. So don't don't think you're uh, you know you're facing this thing alone, or that it's strange what happens to you. The Lord's got it. Amen. He's in control. Yes. Trust Him. Live that way. Yes. Don't just trust Him for the moment. Amen. Live in trust. Yes. Huh? Yes. Live in that trust. Yes. Don't, you know, don't give it even a second thought. You just say, where are you at? I'm in trust. How do you live? I live in trust. <laughs> ain't you worried? No, nope, I ain't worried. I'm living in trust. The Lord's got it. <laughs> See, I don't wait for the circumstance to come to kind of muster up some kind of faith and trust in God. I just live that way. See? See, that's the difference. You just live that way. The other thing's going to come and it comes to all of us. There's things come along trying to knock you down. It will. And it always comes and it always will. But you live in trust. If you get knocked down, the Lord's going to pick you back up. If you get knocked sideways, the Lord's going to straighten you back up. It's going to be all right. Lord's got it. That's how you live. That's how you trust God. Amen. You don't have to be anxious when something happens and oh, you get all nervous and frustrated and you get down and pray and you're afraid. And you, oh, God, please. Oh, Lord, I need you. You don't, have to, you don't have to live that way. You don't. 
Jesus is always ready. He's always prepared. He's always on top of everything. As a matter of fact, there ain't nothing going to happen without Him allowing it to happen. Huh, how about that? Hallelujah. It's good to know that we have such a God, such a Savior. On the next day, now, what I'm going to speak to you about this morning a little bit is, is the coming of Jesus into Jerusalem. Uh, on Passover week, he enters into Jerusalem. When he went to Lazarus, now you can, you, can, you can look it up and read about uh, the calendar day of events. I prefer to believe that when he went to Lazarus' house, it was the ninth of Nisan. Nisan being the first month of the calendar year of the Jewish calendar. Nisan. Did you know that? Okay. The month of Nisan, I-N-I-S-A-N or N-I-S-S-A-N, however you want to spell it, Nisan, or if I'm pronouncing it right, might be Nisan, I might be Nisan, I don't know. Uh, I'm just an ignorant Arkansas hillbilly, I don't know what it is. But the month of Nisan was to be the first month of the new year. And I believe that on the ninth, I'm going to hear, I'm going to get, I'm going to get some uh, feedback on this. I know I am. That's okay. You believe what you want to believe, I believe what I want to believe. But if we believe according to the scriptures, how that Jesus was three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, in the grave, then I believe that Sunday, the first day of the week, was the next day, which was the tenth of Nisan. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Now, all of the Jews knew what that meant. Such a uh, welcoming was only done for kings. For kings. They all knew that such a thing as this, the, the waving of the palm leaves and the trees, uh, uh, the branches and the uh, people in the streets crying Hosanna, knew that this is for a king of Israel.
Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written. Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. Now, if you turn over to the scriptures and read that, and many of you may not know it, if you haven't read it, then you don't know, that what they saw was a young donkey with its colt. A mother with its colt. Matthew says that they went, Jesus said, go and you'll find a donkey tied with its colt. It's youngin'. Go down there and tell him that the Lord has need of them. And they went down there and found the donkey tied with its colt. And they brought them to Jesus. And laid their garments on him and set him thereon. Now I'm not sure how they manage that, but that's what the scripture says. Maybe Jesus sat on the mama donkey and laid his legs across the colt. <laughs> but that's what it says. It wasn't just a single donkey. It was a donkey with his colt. See, the Lord is even considerate of that. He didn't want to separate his mama from his baby. How considerate of the Lord. God is considerate about every detail in your life. The life of everything. I mean, he considers even the lilies of the field and the sparrows that fly. Not one of them falls to the ground without the Lord knowing. That's a mighty God. There's not a fish in the sea that swims in the deepest part of the ocean that God doesn't make a path for it to swim. Did you hear me? There's not one direction that a bird can fly that God hasn't set its course. God. And there are millions, billions of birds that flies in this earth. Now you take that home, chew on it a while. I don't believe there's a lowly worm that slithers, slithers through the earth that he doesn't know about. Think about that. Hallelujah. My Lord. Whew, glory to God. Can I read you some scripture, more scripture? 
Exodus, the 12th chapter. That's funny, I just read out of John 12, didn't I? And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. This was Nisan. It shall be the first month of the year to you. You speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb. Hmm. The tenth day of this month shall every man take unto him a lamb. On the tenth day. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. The household be too little for the lamb. Let him and his neighbors next into his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb. The Lord is concerned about everybody having something to eat. He wants to make sure everybody gets covered. Everybody gets their share, their part. A lamb for a household. But it's on the tenth day. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. You shall take a lamb on the tenth day and keep it in your house. And nourish it and feed it until the fourteenth. And make sure it is without spot and without blemish. But don't touch it until the 14th. Bring it into your house. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Draw out and take a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. We're talking about Passover. Pass over. What does that mean? The angel of the Lord will pass over you when he sees the blood on the lintel and the doorpost of your house. He will pass over. Praise God, just like that tornado just passed over. It went on by. But on the tenth day, Get you a lamb without blemish. 
and bring it into your house. What was Jesus doing riding on that donkey into Jerusalem? I'll tell you what was happening. God was bringing His Lamb into the house. The house of Israel. But when Jesus came through the gate and they began to cry, Hosanna! They only understood Him to be a king who would deliver them from the yoke of Rome. He would be a king who would bring about the glory, bring Israel back to its former glory as in days of old. So they didn't recognize what he really was. Hallelujah. Let me read you the scripture. Hallelujah. This is so beautiful. Zechariah. Amen. Zechariah. Where's Zechariah? Zechariah. The ninth chapter. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation. Lowly. And riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foal of an ass. When Jesus came into Jerusalem, he was bringing in a whole new era. They didn't recognize that. But he came bringing salvation. Salvation is in none other but in the name of Jesus Christ. This Israel did not recognize. And he was rejected. And they handed him over to the Gentiles. But only doing what God before intended to be done. Only fulfilling the will of God. How God works is so mysterious. How God works is so amazing. 
How He brings everything together and makes it work out just like He wants it. Thy King is coming with salvation. He's not just going to save you. Save your neck from under the Roman foot. He's going to save your soul from eternal hell. He's just not going to bring back the glory that once was in the land. He's going to bring you to the glory. Hallelujah. That comes from heaven. He's not just going to make you glorious to people around. But the angels are going to rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something this morning. What Jesus gives to you causes all of heaven to rejoice for you. Would you rather have your neighbor, neighboring nation rejoice or would you rather have the angels rejoice? I love my country, America. And I'm proud of my country. Like any red-blooded, patriotic American should be. But above all, I'm glad that God has raised me up. Into the heavenlies. Hallelujah. He's given, he has given us a great land to live out the days of our lives. Like the sands of time. The days of our lives. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> God has given us a great land to live. And we may be proud and we may be honored and we may be exalted and we may feel pride in our country. But more than that, I am more proud to be a child of the living God. Because every nation, including Israel, every nation upon this earth, shall be subjected to His kingship. He shall rule the nations. Every government, every parliament, 
every dictator shall be subjected to his majesty. Behold, your king comes. When Jesus rode in that donkey on that day, brother, he brought in a whole new day. Just like the month of Nisan is the first day of the year, Jesus Christ brings something brand new into the land of Israel and into the whole world. This is the, this is the day of new beginnings. This is the month of, of, of a new springtime in your life. It's not the old way anymore. Jesus ushers in a new age, a new time of grace and salvation. Have we received Him? Do we embrace, I ask you this morning as a Christian, have we embraced all that Jesus is to us? All that God made Him to be for you, have you embraced Him for that? I have met so many Christians who have problem with their sins and can't even believe that God will forgive them. Is Jesus your Savior? Is He your Redeemer? Have you embraced His Word? Do you believe that His blood cleanses you from all sin? You may rejoice in the fact that Jesus is the Son of God and is a great teacher and a great man and a whatever, a great prophet. But He's more than that. He is your Lord and your Savior, your Redeemer. Everything hangs on Him. And He's more than able to hold it up. The government is upon His shoulders. Meek. And lowly in riding upon a donkey. Your king holds the government upon his shoulders. Do you rejoice in that? Do you rejoice in that in Him alone? You don't have to go to the temple anymore. He's going to go for you. Hallelujah. You don't have to offer up any sacrifice anymore. He's going to do that for you. You don't have to worry about coming to God anymore. He's coming for you. Hallelujah. You don't have to worry about doing what you're supposed to do. Jesus is going to do that for you. Hallelujah. All you got to do is listen to what God is saying. Behold, your king is here. I say to every one of you and every church in this land and across the world, behold, your king is here. Behold, your redeemer is here. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Behold. Rejoice, O daughter. 
Rejoice, O ye Gentiles. And that's what you are. He sets the stage. He comes in on the 10th. The 14th. The 14th day. Some people believe that Jesus was crucified on Friday. It cannot be. It's impossible. You say, why do you say it? Because of the Scripture. Three days and three nights shall the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. As Jonah was three days and nights in the well, belly of the whale, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights. If he was crucified on Friday, they only give him two days and two nights. would fulfill the law on the 14th day. You shall take the lamb that's in your house and kill it and take his blood put it on the doorpost. Jesus died on the 14th and his blood was shed. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. And right before dawn, right at the perfect hour on the first day, he arose again. Do we receive? Do we understand? He has come. Hallelujah. It, it's time for renewal. Church, it's time for renewal. In your faith, it's time for revival in your soul. Jesus is and what he is to us. Yes. You no longer have to go, go, go through life concerned about so many things that you're so concerned with and so perplexed about. Jesus has come to know Jesus, to embrace Jesus, to believe in Jesus is to believe all that he is. To you. He is your redeemer. Your savior. He is your healer. He is your Holy Ghost baptizer. Huh? 
He has with him all that you need to live. Praise God. You won't have to have, you won't have to hang your head down anymore. You can raise it up. You don't have to shake your head and say, I don't know. Praise God. You can say, yeah, amen, amen. Because all the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Here he comes. Upon whom your eternal soul hangs. Coming through the gate. I've told the Lord so many times when I have felt down or in despair or discouraged about anything. And I tell the Lord over and over again, Lord, I'm hanging on your word. And I say, Lord, you said it. Jesus said, He that believeth on me. He that believeth on me. That's all. That's it. Behold, your king is here. He that believeth on me. That's the way you live. It's like trusting. I was talking about trusting. It's trusting. It's belief. That's how you live. That's how you pray. My God, that's how you worship. That's how you sing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's how you preach. That's how you teach. That's how you come to the front doors in the church. That's how you live. Hallelujah. You live as a believer. You live as somebody that trusts in the Lord. You live because you believe in the one who came through the gate on the donkey. You believe in him. You go to church and worship God because you believe in your king. You rejoice greatly because the king has come. So now you are resolved. Why? Why? Because the lamb had given his life for you and shed his blood for you. Is that all right? Isaiah. Can I read something from from Isaiah? Remember the former things Of old. For I am God. 
and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. Jesus is not being trapped when He rides into Jerusalem. Jesus is not being deceived or fooled. He's not falling into somebody's trap for Him. He knows what's going to happen. He knows the end. From the beginning. Listen to me this morning. He knows your life. The end from the beginning. Yes, hallelujah. Do you remember when you were born? You don't remember the day you were born. Of course you don't. Do you remember the day you were born? Did your mama tell you the day you was yes, born? Yes, she did. Do you? Oh, yeah. You sure? Well, I think so. <laughs> the very day that you were born. Listen to me. Think about that. Way, way back. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Woo, hallelujah. Nobody had to tell Jesus about anybody because He knew what was in every man. He knew what was in the heart of every man. He knew all about everybody. From the day you were born. The day you came out in this world and the, and the doctor spanked your behind and you start crying. To be honest with you, even before then, while you were still in your mama's womb. But let's just start from when you was born. Because when you were born, you saw the light of the world. But you got to be born to see the light of the world. I said you got to be born to see the light. If you're not born, you ain't going to see the light. But well, that's another subject. We'll get on that later on. The time you were born, God known your life all the way to the end. However long you live, and you've lived a long time already, but He knows the day that you're going to die, the very moment, He knows the end from the very beginning.
when Jesus walked, rode into, that, into Jerusalem on that donkey, he knew the end from the beginning. He's not riding into dangerous waters. Everything is at his command. Everything and everyone is at God's command. Everybody is doing exactly what God wants them to do. What will happen will happen according to the will of God. But Jesus is on the scene. And that's the difference. God knows about your life. But what makes a difference in your life is Jesus is on the scene in your life. Hallelujah. Quit acting like God, you're, that God is supposed to be surprised at what happened to you. Don't ever think that God doesn't know or doesn't care about the things going on in your life. Jesus is on the scene. I can imagine the disciples as they followed Jesus everywhere He went and they saw the situations of whatever kind it was, wherever they were, they might have said, now what are we going to do now? And one would speak up and say, don't worry, remember, Jesus is with us. <laughs> Even in hard times, desperate times, even in times when it looks bleak, we got a lot of, we have a lot of bleakness in our life. But even in the times of bleakness, Jesus is there. Even in the time of darkness and sorrow, Jesus is there. Even in the time of grief and sorrow, He is there with you. He's there. He's on top of it. It doesn't matter. He's coming. He's coming. And the devil can't stop Him. He's coming. Hallelujah. All hell can't stop Him. He's coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, the death of the devil only knew. You said, I'm coming for you, boy. You just don't know yet, but I'm coming for you. Yes. And when the devil watched Jesus die, they put him in the grave. They thought he had him. The devil must have been patting himself on the back. We finally got him. Yeah, it's just what you think, devil. You don't know. You don't know what God just did. Hallelujah. You don't know what God just accomplished. Behold, your king comes. Meek and lowly. 
the Lamb of God has come to give his life to save yours. If we don't embrace the Lamb, we will face the lion. When he comes back again. When he comes back again. He's not going to be that gentle, meek and lowly lamb. When Jesus comes through the door the second time. Look out. The world will look out. To those of us who believe, shall he arise? Hallelujah. And the day of eternal grace will shine upon our faces. But to those that don't believe, he is going to be the roaring. We who believe, the Scripture tells us, are not appointed unto wrath, unto salvation. Behold, your King comes with salvation. But those who don't believe, Stand with me, everybody. God chose Jesus Christ to be the Lamb. He chose the time that He would appear. He chose the place where he would be. He brought him into the house on the 14th day. He was slain. But I got good news. Some more good news. Some wonderful good news. God has also chosen the time and the day and the place when He comes again. God knows. The Father knows the day and the hour when He will say, Son, it's time to go. And he will come. And every eye shall see him. The first time the Bible tells us, suddenly, he came to his temple.
suddenly Jesus appeared. The Savior, the King, appeared. Meek and lowly. But Revelation, Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly. And it's the same meaning of the word in Greek. Behold, I come suddenly. One more time. That word suddenly, it quickly means, suddenly it means no delay. Did you hear me? It means without delay, soon, readily, quickly, promptly. Behold, I come. Are we embracing our Savior for all that He is to us in life? Are we, are we serving a haphazard God? Or are we living for Him haphazardly? Halfway, part way, some of the way. Are we going to go all the way with Him? Are we going to take Jesus for all that He is to us? The last thing is He's going to be your soon coming King. He's coming back. Are we ready to embrace Him? When Jesus comes again, are we going to be rejoicing? Are we going to look up and see and say, oh Lord, it's so wonderful to see you. All of a sudden, everything in life will fade away. Everything! All of your hopes and dreams and desires and all of that you've ever done, who you are, what your life is, everything about you will suddenly melt away. When you see Jesus coming in the clouds of glory. He's coming. Are we ready to rejoice? Hallelujah. Paul says, let these words comfort you. Comfort you one another with these words. When you're feeling down and out, think about Jesus coming again. When you're sick and tired and you just don't know what to do next, think about Jesus coming in the clouds. When you're feeling so discouraged and kind of down, you don't really want to go to church and you just want everybody to leave you alone, think about Jesus coming in the clouds. Amen. When you're sick and laying in the hospital, think you're going to die. Think about Jesus coming in the clouds. Hallelujah. And I got something else to tell you. When you come to church and you come on Sunday and get ready to have a service, think about Jesus coming in the clouds. Praise God. When a preacher gets up and preaches, he ought to think about that all the time. Jesus coming back in the clouds of glory. Because man, that gives him some kind of energy that he can't explain. The Holy Ghost gets all over us and in us and to us and everywhere. When everybody thinks about Jesus coming back, 
That means we're going to leave everything behind. Everything that's troubled you, everything that's bothered you, everything that whatever's got you down and out, you're going to leave it all behind. Hallelujah. It's all going to be gone. That old body that's been troubling you all these years and aches and pains and all, it's going to be gone. It's going to be gone forever. Think about that. Next time you come to church, you say, well, brother, will you pray for me? I'm going to Bless your little heart. We'll pray for you. You need prayer, brother. I need prayer. <laughs> And who needs prayer this morning? We'll pray for you. God bless you. Your little pea-picking heart. We'll pray for you. At Tennessee, Ernie Ford used to say, bless your little pea-picking heart. We'll pray for you. But after we've prayed for you, I want you to start thinking about Jesus coming back again. And get some glory in your soul. Because you have been made partakers of His glory. Even now. The Holy Spirit that you have, the Holy Ghost, is a down payment. He's just a down payment of your inheritance. And when He comes into you, he always reminds you, Jesus is coming. You're on your way. I'll, I'll get you. I'll help you through this world, but you're on your way out. Praise God. Next time somebody asks you how you're doing, look at him and say, I'm on my way out. Praise God. I'm going to go be with the king. Forever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Devil comes along and says, yeah, well, you got all these worries and problems. What are you going to do? I ain't got no worries. I'm on my way out of here. There ain't no mountain too high or valley too low. I'm on my way out of here. Hallelujah. Man, when you're on your way, you're on your way. No matter what the devil throws at you, you're on your way. Amen. Amen. No matter what life throws at you, you're on your way. And that's why you can rejoice. Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. But we've been kind of feeling down today. It ain't been a very good day. Rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Your king has come. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you this morning. I'm going to let your people go. <laughs> I heard the Holy Spirit say, let my people go. <laughs> All right, Lord, I'll leave them into your hands. <laughs> Marissa. Marissa. Come up here a minute, baby. Come up here. You mind coming up a minute? She is such a precious 
precious soul, precious young woman, young lady. Lord, keep your hand upon her. Wherever she goes, whatever she does, let her always know that you're with her. Strengthen her in everything. And whatever she does, may she be the best. Let her be the very best in what she does. Reward her, honor her, Lord. Let people around her know that there's something special about her because your hand is upon her life. And you will bring her through every situation. And she will improve and she will grow in everything. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, be with your people today, wherever they go. We're all going through life, Lord. We're all struggling and we're all just living day by day. Whatever come what may, we're on our way. We're on our way to see the King. He's come. It's time to wave the palm branches and strew the ground with our clothing like David of old he took his robe off and danced naked before the Lord now I personally believe that doesn't mean that he was dark naked it's like in the Bible when you know when Peter and them was in the boat after Jesus rose from the dead and they were on the boat fishing and when they saw it was Jesus since Peter put his coat on because he was naked I don't believe he was laying there stark naked. It means, it means he was bare-chested is what it means in the, in, the, in the language. When a man had his shirt off, he was naked. See? I hope so. I hope that's what it means. Yeah. I hope so. But David, he felt such, such love and such honor and worship, worshipful before God that he just, he, just, he just wanted to bear himself before the Lord. Nothing between me and my God. Nothing. You can put your best foot forward if you want to. God knows what your worst foot looks like. <laughs> Amen. Amen. He knows all about you. So let's, it's time to give our all to God. Come to our King. The full heart of assurance. Our heart full of assurance. Because He loves us so. And He came for us. He came to bring in a new day, a new dawn, a new life for us. And he that believes on the Son shall never die, but have everlasting life. Thank you, Father. Let us take that word with us today. In Jesus' name. Hold fast. Keep it hidden in your heart and mind. Like a treasure. Don't let it go. And let it comfort you and let you rejoice in the Lord for all that He's promised you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thank you for coming.